0: We are to the end of our co-host favorites on the tail end of Breed's Greatest Hits. We have our co-host greatest hits or whatever. I'm going to end up calling it in the show notes because these don't drop for a little while. (laughs) So we've heard one from Rachel. We've heard one from Aaron. And now today it's my turn.
1: Yeah. So Sarah, (laughs) tell us about the episode that you have selected for us to enjoy again.
0: So this was super hard. I had a lot of choices. There have been so many episodes where my abs hurt because I'm laughing so much and or crying so much because I'm laughing so hard. So this was very difficult. However, there are a couple that, that stand out in my mind, one of which was the VBS snacks episode. Mm. But Rachel wanted to do Jello, and that's totally fine. So she got the food episode. I chose <laughs> another episode that also has food in it. <laughs> so this is the... Trivia challenge for Mardi Gras because the biggest reason I chose this was because we talk about punch keys for like ten minutes. not really. It's like five. But I love punch keys and talking about punch keys. I You're think so I delicious. I screamed a lot during this episode. We talk about prune punch keys. Which is Aaron, Aaron loves prune punch keys. But also I re-listened to this just to remind myself what this episode actually involved. This was episode 22. So we were, we were like baby podcasters at this point. This is pre-pandemic Ladies Lounge. This episode dropped three weeks before we all went home for like a year and a half. So it was it was interesting to go back and like just listen to us at a time (laughs) when we had no idea what was coming. (laughs) Just this freedom of enjoying. (laughs) (laughs) But also I think I love Rachel's trivia challenges. They're Mm. always so fun and informative. And I love learning random facts. And there are so many interesting tidbits about Lent and Mardi Gras and Mardi Gras around the world and all of this just really fun stuff. So I thought I would close it out with some fun trivia about Mardi Gras and punch keys. Here we go. (laughs) Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree, and I'm Rachel. And we have a trivia episode today. Trivia with Rachel. Yeah. Yay. Yay. And this is the time of the year uh, where we get to Lent, which means we have things like Mardi Gras. And if you're in St. Louis, Mardi Gras is a real thing. What is it like? Or the if largest? you're in
1: actually New Orleans or New Orleans,
0: this is true. St. Louis is like the the second biggest one outside of New Orleans, isn't it? I think I think that's I've heard a fact.
2: Facts that could be.
0: I don't know. Anyway, Rachel,
2: <laughs> what are you triviaing <laughs> us about? We are we are talking Mardi Gras. I mean, that's the time mm-hmm. Ooh, of yeah. year. Awesome. And there are actually some interesting, um, you know, like religious and theological aspects to this. It, it just isn't some spontaneous festival with with beads and parades and stuff um <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that so are you ready for the mardi Grasest of all mardi gras quizzes i did that i've done yes this week? i didn't yes. wear my beads today but yes i'm ready That's i don't okay. have any i have mardi gras beads at
0: home it's pretty I do cool too i have a giant box of them they're fun
2: i like the colors okay. oh and king cakes but anyway sorry are we ready <laughs> yep. yeah do it question one what does mardi gras mean Fat, Fat towards Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, I ma'am. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, it literally French. is just French for Fat Tuesday. That's awesome. Um, which is, for those few uninitiated, it's the last day before Ash Wednesday. It's the time when, if you are of a persuasion that you do fasting-type stuff for Lent, you gotta get all that stuff you're fasting from out of the house. So that means giant smorgasbord, and also getting a lot of... I don't know. Energy out before you become somber, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in Catholic tradition-based communities. So, but Mardi Gras is not the only name for Fat Tuesday. So we're going to do a little geography quiz. Can you tell me what Mardi Gras is known as in each of the following places? Probably not. First, England,
1: Shrove Tuesday.
2: Yes. Yes. Very good.
0: Nice job, Bree.
2: Second, Brazil, Carnival, Carnival, yes, man, you guys are smart, <laughs> and Germany for all our German Lutheran people out there, October, f- October, 6th. March. 6th. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. well and this is this is tricky because in german in germany there are several different names that are given to this same sort of phenomenon but fetterdienstag fat tuesday oh i would um, but it eaten. also could be fastenabend or Fastnachtstag, uh which basically means uh lent eve oh uh,
0: fastenabend <laughs> i like that one mm. yeah i like start calling too. it that
2: So, Brazil isn't the only place that calls its pre-Lent festival Carnival. It traditionally goes by this name in many places around the world, including especially Venice. Ah. Um, So, that was one of the, in medieval times, Carnival in Venice was like the Mardi Gras New Orleans capital of Europe. But what does the word Carnival actually mean? And it's not a cruise line.
1: Something to do with meat. Meat something. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh.
2: Meat fest. Yeah, meat fest. Maybe. That's good. Meat parade. Meat parade. (laughs) So there are two possible Latin roots for this word, both of which are quite appropriate. One is carne levare, which is to remove the meat. Ah, Get rid of it. mm -hmm. Uh Uh And the other, which I like better and maybe isn't as, I don't know, not as many scholars go for this one, but I love this. Uh, Carne vale. And vale in Latin just means bye-bye. So, oh. bye bye meat. <laughs> bye, meat. <laughs> bye meat. I love meat. Carnival. You. <laughs> I love bye meat bye. so much. Mm. Yeah. So, me too. Obviously, one purpose behind these uh, Mardi Gras celebrations has always been to use up foods from the larder that would not be eaten or consumed during Lent. And, spoiler from most of church history, people didn't get to choose their Lenten fast. Like, no saying, I'm giving up chocolate or ketchup or social media, the church told you what you were going <laughs> to abstain from. <laughs> right. So, can you tell me which foods in Western Catholic tradition are, are given up for Lent, or at least were in the medieval era, and thus needed especially to be used up by Ash Wednesday? Is meat
0: one of them? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, meat. good. There was a lot of fish yeah. eaten during Lent.
0: Because um, fish, of course, aren't it's meat. It's got Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good guess.
1: Large, uh huh. I have to think there has to be something to do with the ingredients that you use for pancakes, since that's a tradition. Yeah, like a associated Sugar
2: Fat
1: Tuesday, maple syrup. Well,
2: yeah. Although in medieval Europe, a lot of I mean, sugar was not a thing. They didn't a really have a thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you're saying Twinkies is out of the question. That's not <laughs> Wait, Twinkies yeah. weren't
2: in the Middle Ages? What? <laughs> <laughs> the other two notable <laughs> ones are eggs. And, oh, dairy. Oh. and what? Dairy.
0: Oh! So okay. That explains so, uh, the pancakes. That would explain a lot. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. they all went almost, like, vegan. Right. Almost, yeah. Yeah. With fish. A lot right. Of fish.
1: Yeah. But that actually so, came later. Fish, it didn't used to be fish. Like, that was a special exception given... Because there was huh. apparently a terrible, terrible famine, I want to say.
0: Oh.
1: And so the Pope said, from now on, on Fridays during Lent, you may eat fish in huh. memory of these people who suffered this terrible, terrible tragedy Thanks, or Pope. famine. Wow. Uh, and so That's that was a later uh, fish. Fish re-entered Lent later. It wasn't always. Oh my goodness! And huh. yeah, the,
2: the fishing, the fishing, the connection of fish to fast is just a really fascinating thing. I love the story. This is totally off topic, uh-huh, but of right. Queen Elizabeth adding in fish fast days, Queen Elizabeth I, for the purpose of making fish a larger part of the food economy and sending <laughs> more people out to fish in the ocean so that the Navy would have better trained sailors. Oh, it was a national clever. security thing. Yes. It's always political <laughs> and about money. I mean, wow. Everything right. goes down to that. I don't
0: believe that. <laughs>
2: so, As secular historians love to point out, there were some multiple benefits of giving up these foods at this particular time of year. Why might giving up meat, eggs, dairy have been convenient for a European farmer?
1: There's no refrigeration. In the pre
2: modern era. Oh, yeah. Refrigeration?
1: But it's a cold time of year. So I'm not sure the refrigeration. Yeah, I guess
2: so. Hmm. That is something I mean the meat keeps really well in the winter but yeah. as the spring comes along yeah, all that it would be spring pork time. that you've been saving up starts to not be quite so nice. Um, the natural refrigeration time is coming to an end. Um, and then also this is a time of year is something to do with, with baby babies baby cows. Yeah, yes! yeah, a yes! lot of cows, <laughs> their milk sort of naturally dries up when they're in oh, the later stages of their pregnancies yeah. getting ready to have their calves. Chickens, yeah. too, don't lay a whole lot this time of in year. Late mm-hmm. winter, and so it's okay. kind of works out. It's convenient. Huh. Now, of course, we have eggs and milk in the supermarket year-round, and so we don't pay attention to these cycles <laughs> quite in the same way. Mm-hmm. Nope. So as I mentioned above... This holiday is traditionally known as Shrove Tuesday in England and in the Anglican churches. And we also use it a lot in Lutheran circles, presumably because it doesn't have some of the same baggage as Mardi Gras and Carnival do. There's like (laughs) no topless street parties (laughs) associated with Shrove Tuesday. Um, And we love pancake suppers. Mm, It does. Yeah, we do. So where does the Shrove in Shrove Tuesday come from? I
0: always think of it like a veil, but that might have nothing to do with anything.
2: Nope. It's yeah,
0: something
1: no. to do with, isn't it something to do with shriven? Which
0: I don't remember. Yes, ma'am. Like it's an Shri-
1: old English term, shriven. and I'm trying to remember
2: Shrived.
1: what exactly it means. Shrived. Shrived. <laughs> Shri- <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> uh, once you say it, I'm going to be like, yes. But at the moment, I can't come up with it from context. <laughs> nope. I've, it's one of those words that I only ever learned in context as opposed to actually learning.
2: To be shriven, and all you Shakespeare scholars out there will will oh. get this. Wait, wait, one or... last guess. Cut off. <laughs> no, nope.
1: that was okay. Then, then I'm done. <laughs> it's an okay.
2: it's an old term for having gone through confession and absolution. Oh, so if you if you die unshriven, mm-hmm. that's to die without last rites. Huh. Um, and it's a it's a big deal. So Shrove Tuesday comes from that same word, shrive. Uh, It's when everyone's making their final confessions before Lent. And if they've, you know, Mardi Gras it up, they probably have a lot to get off their (laughs)
1: consciences.
2: (laughs) You ain't wrong. (laughs) Okay, there's one other name for this holiday that we haven't talked about yet. So this one, this question is specifically for Sarah. <gasps> Does it have what to do would with you what I think it has Fat to do with? What you Tuesday in Detroit's Polish neighborhood Hamtramck? <gasps>
0: Punchki Day!
2: I love Punchki so day much. I
0: was hoping you would bring that up. <laughs>
2: Oh man, I I've got like five questions keys. on punch keys. So it's
0: strap one of them how to, how to spell it. Yeah. P A C Z K I. P A C Z K I. I love punch okay. keys
2: so much. P A C Z K I. There's one letter in that that is sort of weird. It has a C. C with the it's little, little curly thing on, on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Punch keys. not spelled like they are. Uh, sound at all because Polish people are awesome that way. I love punchki. So a punchki, of course, is a delicious and incredibly rich filled jelly donut. Or custard. Mm, Great for using up lard and eggs and things like that in your pantry. What are the traditional flavors for the filling? I've got two possible options. One which is more common but the other I'll accept.
0: Is custard one of them?
2: No, ma'am. I was going to say like Raisin? Prune it is. <laughs> it's yep. Prune or plum jam. I had and one of those. Yeah, is it good? <laughs> it's delicious. I mean, oh I assume it's goodness. good. It All punchkies are good. Yeah. Yeah. I like raspberry myself. Mm-hmm. Me too. Okay. Another, okay. What what the Jane? other
1: traditional flavor, though? Oh, Another traditional
2: Jane? flavor would be rose water. Oh. Which was a much more common flavoring in Europe before they got access to things like chocolate and vanilla. <sighs> wow. So, I'm really curious what that would taste like. I
0: always despair. try things
1: with rose water thinking I should like them. And Never. It tastes like eating soap is what it tastes like. Turkish delight yes, it does. not mm-hmm. delightful.
2: So sad. No.
0: That is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got one of those in high school.
2: Maybe someday I'll <laughs> so, grow into it. Go with the raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> given a tr- the prune. Go with the prune. Go with the raspberry. Oh, okay, yeah. go Custard. with the prune. Tr- be traditional. Yeah.
0: Oof. All in your face. Custard's amazing. Mm.
2: Now, while we're talking about Polish tradition here, we always think of Punchki Day as being synony- synonymous with Fat Tuesday, but what day of the week is Punchki Day traditionally celebrated on in Poland?
0: I don't actually know that. Monday. Mon- I'm going to say Monday? Monday. Nope. Sunday. It's Let's keep Thursday. Working our way Thursday. <laughs> what? Like the
1: Thursday before or the Thursday after Ash it can't Wednesday. Be the Thursday. Thursday
2: after. After. For. That's what I'm so saying. Of course, I learned that at some point. So it
1: kicks off the week before yes. Ash
2: Wednesday. Yes. You s- yes. So Mardi Gras is more than one day long. And in oh, New yeah. Orleans, it often stretches from like epiphany yeah. <laughs> to Until December Ash Wednesday. Just sort King of like cake. gradually epiphany. grows. Um, so so Punchki Day is actually cake. the Thursday before Fat Tuesday when mm-hmm. people are just starting to sort of like kick it into high gear a little bit. And this also is a tradition in Germany. So according to the blog, the Oma way, Oma, of course, is is grandma. In Germany, they have names for all six days leading up to Ash Wednesday. And some of these are really good. And, And many places, Germans up until recent times were not terrifically unified. So you've got tons of different names for each of these days, but you'll get the basic idea. So you've got Starting this Thursday, you might have Fetter Donnerstag, Fat Thursday, Mm -hmm. also sometimes called Schmutziger Donnerstag, (gasps) Muddy (laughs) Thursday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you've got Schmaltzigen Samstag, Schmaltzy Saturday.
1: (laughs) Nice. Wait, what was Friday?
2: Well, we're getting to that because this episode is airing on a Friday.
1: (gasps) And that's your question. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay. Schmaltz.
2: Can you guess what the German name is for Today, the Friday before Ash Wednesday. So we've had so what's Muddy fr- what's Thursday and Schmaltzy Saturday. What's Friday in German? I don't speak German. Fre- Freitag. 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 You can give Freitag. me a guess in English. What would you call the Friday before Ash Wednesday? Wait, what does schmaltzy? schmaltzy mean? What does Schmaltzy mean?
1: It's uh, It doesn't schmaltz. translate very well. No.
2: Schmaltz. It, uh, schmaltz. Isn't
0: that like sugary sweet or something? Oh, that was, all right google I'm, it I, I, google it you i tell thought me. it was like the chicken fat Am I where's my totally phone leaving? oh my phone's up there <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at you on my phone that's why i can't find it
1: it's excessively it's excessive sentimentality or it's rendered chicken fat
2: oh, chicken same fat. that's oh, uh, nice. right nice. same difference okay, so... Chicken fat. <laughs> Chicken fat Saturday. Let the Saturday. record show rendered chicken fat Saturday. Yes. So what are we oh, we're um, trying to figure out what is Friday in, beto- somewhere in between somewhere between mud beef. and rendered chicken fat.
1: Oh, you're right. Okay, so maybe there's a progression here. So That's it what goes I was from at. brown to yellow, what's in between something orange? Orange? Pumpkin. Nope. Pumpkin beefy? Friday. Nope.
2: Beefy Friday. I love beefy. <laughs> you're not going to get it. I'll just <laughs> give it to you it? because it's awesome. It is actually it's Rüssiger Friday, Freitag, which is sooty Friday. Uh, we're, we're going the wrong
0: way. Yeah. People would sort of
2: go around and prank each other by by like rubbing soot on someone's oh, face. That's
1: my kind of jam.
0: Do you want to bring that back, Brie? <laughs> yeah, I do. Today's the day. That's so. Like,
2: hmm, okay. All of these six days uh-huh. culminate, of course, on Fetter Dienstag. Fat Tuesday, which is celebrated with parades and masquerade balls, and even this old tradition of burning a straw doll, sort of in effigy, to sort of wipe out all your indiscretions mm. uh, from the previous six wow. days to get ready for Lent.
1: Six, just so, six days.
2: Well, yeah, doll. in they German, were full of, full of fun. <laughs> These are German so, six days. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Germany, <laughs> along with so many other countries, has celebrated Carnival or its various, you know, manifestations for centuries. It's a tradition, however, that not unlike Halloween in our day and age, let us all remember our conversation at that time, it's always been a little controversial. Church leaders on both sides of the reformation weren't exactly comfortable with some of the customs, but they understood practically that there was a it was useful to have a holiday that provided an outlet for some pent up energy and so mostly they yeah (laughs) mostly (laughs) they took a sort of live and let live approach to it for example in three days of googling every time i got a free moment i could not find a single luther quote that dealt directly with carnival (laughs) and considering that the man talked about everything else under the sun this sort of surprised me and if you find one out there send it to me because i would love to read his take on this it's obvious that Protestants did eventually crack down on the practice. For So now you have lots of Carnival activity taking place in, in Catholic communities. You don't see Baptists having Mardi Gras in their church basement. So it's definitely more of a Catholic thing than a than a Protestant thing. However, in the early days of the Reformation, Carnival seems to have played a role as it gave rowdy young men a built-in opportunity to vent some of their frustration and resentment at the Catholic Church. So you've got this time already set aside in the calendar to just like break free and go nuts. And you're feeling all this like rage at some of these abuses. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna put the two of them together. And I don't think that this is necessarily in the spirit of you know joy in the gospel so much as it is anger at abuse, but it's interesting to see how these coincide. So, we are getting to a question here in a bit, but I got so interested in this (laughs) history. The stories are fascinating, though. Right. In his 1978 article on Reformation Carnival and the World Turned Upside Down, which was published in the journal Social History, scholar Bob Scribner details 24 separate incidents between 1520 and 1543, in which Carnival traditions and Reformation-inspired anti-Catholic sentiment joined forces in a hard way so one such set of festivities took place in wittenberg the spring after luther received and burned his papal bowl of excommunication in a carnival like you know atmosphere (laughs) of bonfires and rowdiness jollity so right after this had happened in the fall before and tensions are high and so here comes fat Tuesday. And some students decided to hold a little celebration. Who bore the brunt of this celebration and what might have happened to him? And when I say bore the brunt, I mean in effigy. Oh, the, po- the Pope. The Pope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was the Pope. Of course it was the <laughs> <Yeah>. Pope. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and what might have gotten thrown at the person? Uh, Schmaltz. Impersonating Schmaltz. the Pope. Punch keys. No, Such much worse. Grace. No, oh, no, poop. Poop? Poop, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Here's a quote from Dr. Scribner's awesome. article. The second incident, so he's he's listing these 24 incidents, he says, The second incident also occurred in, in Wittenberg on Fasnach, the 12th of February, 1521. A figure representing the Pope was carried about in the city and was pelted on the marketplace, presumably with dung. Along with cardinals, bishops, and his servants, the car- uh, the carnival pope was then hunted through the streets in great merriment. Students also seem to have staged a Latin carnival play, ridiculing the pope and indulgences. So this kind of like mayhem tended to erupt right before Lent at a time when people had always sort of let things bubble up to the surface. Mm. And you see these sorts of things pop up you know, in cities around Germany throughout the years following the Reformation. So, yeah, that was, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. (laughs) But it seems to have provided an outlet at that time. All right. So Luther, can't find a a, a carnival quote from him. Again, if you have one, send it to me. Um, But he did have a thing or two to say about the tension between feasting and fasting between sin and righteousness that underpinned both the carnival traditions and the Lenten traditions that followed them. So we're going to take a quick break from the quiz to have some wise words from Martin Luther. And I want to uh, give a shout out to Pastor Brian Wolfmuller for reminding Mm -hmm. me of this passage by sharing it on his blog. This is from the tract Christian Liberty, and it talks about Luther on Lenten fasting, basically, Uh, and not just Lenten fasting. He was big into fasting year-round, actually. So he writes, Thus it comes that from the requirements of his own body a man cannot take his ease, but is compelled on its account to do many good works, that he may bring it, that is his body, into subjection. Yet these works are not the means of his justification before God. He does them out of disinterested love to the service of God looking to no other end than to do what is well-pleasing to him whom he desires to obey dutifully in all things. On this principle, every man may easily instruct himself in what measure and with what distinctions he ought to chasten his own body. He will fast, watch, and labor, just as much as he sees to suffice for keeping down the wantonness and concupiscence of the body. But those who pretend to be justified by works are looking not to the mortification of their lusts, But only to the works themselves, thinking that if they can accomplish as many works and as great ones as possible, all is well with them and they are justified. Sometimes they even injure their brain and extinguish nature or at least make it useless. This is enormous folly and ignorance of Christian life and faith when a man seeks without faith to be justified and saved by works." And I I really love that quote. It's a good one for me to remember as we prepare to go into Lenten fasting to remember our works don't save us, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, what he calls, chasten the flesh. Mm -hmm. You know, really take it, uh, pay some attention to disciplining ourselves by fasting, by works, by all that. So there you go. Words of wisdom from Mm. Luther himself. But you all didn't come here for words of wisdom. (laughs) That's just an added bonus. You're welcome. You came for quiz questions. Yes. So here's another, and it's another Luther quote. So you have probably heard the famous words of Luther, sin boldly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, A quote that often gets dragged out at this time (laughs) of year in particular. (laughs) (laughs) So here's your question. Can you tell me the rest of that quote? But trust in the grace of God even more boldly. Wow. You close know. enough. I'll give it to you.
0: <laughs> nice job, Bree.
1: Thank you.
2: Be a sinner and sin boldly, but believe and rejoice in Christ even more boldly.
1: Yes. I'm so close. The, I'm the close. The yeah, yeah, it's even better. You get the You, get the I, you know, for that I bet one.
2: it's just a translation difference, Brie. Yeah. I bet you had it perfect. She That's is. how I my love... husband says it. Yeah. Pro- she the was doing the NIV. Yeah. On that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the B-E-G-V. <laughs> of course. The Google International version yes. <laughs> of Luther's works. <laughs> yeah, we often, uh, people think of sin boldly, and yet that is, to to say that is to take it out of context. It's mm-hmm. to admit you are a sinner. That is mm-hmm. what you are. That is what you will always be as long as you are in the flesh. But, and I love that but, but believe, but but trust in Christ even more boldly. Now, to end our quiz, let's go back to where we started, to the epicenter of Mardi Gras celebrations in the United States, not St. Louis, New Orleans. Sorry, Sarah.
1: (laughs) Soulard.
2: (laughs) Soulard. You may have heard of, and if you're lucky, you've even eaten a New Orleans... King cake. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love king cake. Can you tell me what the traditional colors of this delightful confection are and what those colors mean? Aren't they purple, it's, green and
0: yellow? Yeah, yes. purple, green and gold. Uh-huh. Gold, right. Um, king royalty,
1: purple. purple is royalty. Um, life is li- green or like fortune. And oh, yeah. gold is
2: gold. Gold. <laughs> Money? Money? <laughs> well, according, and I'm sure that you can find different meanings for this. I'm guessing more theological meanings. Oh. Um, but oh. the first, you well, know, fair. 10 you pages on Google. Well, royalty still fits. Uh, yeah. Tell, we'll tell you King. that the purple Jesus. stands for justice. Oh, I was The green <laughs> stands for faith. Oh. the gold stands for power. Ha. Okay. And... <laughs> Okay. And what then is in it. the very middle of the cake? Baby Jesus. A baby. It's a yeah, it's a baby and it is it's baby Jesus. Don't think love baby thinking Jesus. Of...
0: <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> well, it's You got to be careful when you eat these. Yeah.
2: Well, and and that's that's the thing. You think of this as oh, isn't that slightly irreverent, you know, to put the baby from the nativity into a cake and bake it up and then, you know, whoever finds the baby is gets a, you know, special Prize or something. But I think this cake, as seemingly secular as it may be, gives us a wonderful way in which to think about Mardi Gras in general. Mardi Gras is not an excuse to get all your sinning and self indulgence out of the way before Lent. It's not an excuse to sin. But rather, it's an opportunity to celebrate fully and completely the epiphany of our Lord. That Christ came to the earth as a tiny baby hence the baby, he's at the center of the celebration, Mm -hmm. clothed in justice, faith, and power. Hmm. He lived, he grew, he walked with us, he shared his life with us, he showed us his glory and his compassion. And while the glorious reality of the incarnation should not be used as an excuse to sin, it is always worth throwing a big party over.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. And so that's
2: what that's what Mardi Gras can be. It's not the, you know, uh uh-oh, we're going into Lent, better live it up now. It's the We've just had weeks of reflecting on the epiphany of our Lord. Let's party. (laughs) So before we descend with Christ in the wilderness, we can take a day or two or six. Germans and Polish people. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Plan. Or just the entire like end of winter, New Orleans, <laughs> to remember and give thanks for Christ's human life among us. So happy sooty Friday, everyone! That's the sooty end of your Friday. quiz. Now go eat a punchki. Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: please, like seriously, go find a punchki somewhere. Um, even if that you means... will not regret it. Or a king cake. Or although a king I'm, cake. I like Or both. Better. Why yeah. not both? Just, just like travel to Hamtramck in Detroit and just get a, like a real legit punch key because you will not regret it. Or Krakow, even, or even Krakow. The, even
2: the ones at the grocery store are
1: pretty good. I, I mean, go yeah, like, they're yeah. all great. <laughs> Can't go wrong.
2: It's so thanks guys. This was this was really fun. That was a great quiz. It was fun. That was so fun. <laughs> Spun this whole microphone around. I think we actually got a lot of those right too, which is yeah, we you did. did. You're getting better at these. We are. <laughs> or Are I making them easier? I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, some of it probably depends on the
0: topic
1: too. I mean, come on, Punchkeys, right? S- spare me.
2: Exactly. I'm I'm so that pleased Tuesday. that you all just like knew the Punchkey questions right off. Oh, of course. <laughs> that was my childhood.
1: I would I would verse you in Punchkey. Like trivia night. Oh, Sarah. boy. I would take you down to Chinatown. Okay, I'm wrapping <laughs> Anyways, <this> up. Sorry. <laughs> Wrap it up, girl.
2: We're as loopy as we, if we had already all eaten a bunch of punchies. It's true. Take us home, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find all of these great, of
0: course, great episodes of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can also find them on your podcasting app if you just search for Uh, KFUO Radio or Lutheran Ladies Lounge, you should be able to find us. And if you're not in our Facebook group yet, you should be, because we like to have fun. We like to share stories and ideas and resources and funnies. We have a lot of LOL days in the lounge. It's great. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree, a.k.a. Pizza Cat.
2: (laughs) And I am Rachel. (laughs)